You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. If you're a dungeon master, you probably already have a great understanding of how important it can be to react very quickly on the fly, create elements of the game as you go, and think on your feet. That is what improv in role-playing games is all about. I'm Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system, and this is my show where I teach collaborative storytellers how to have more immersive campaigns using psychology. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about improving your improv, and we're going to be doing that with some familiar voices who you may remember from season one, but we've also brought on the rest of their group today to talk about their show and how to improve your own improv since their show is an improv comedy podcast. So let's go ahead and meet our guests. Hello and welcome Cyclopids to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology podcast, a podcast where all our PhDs are fake. I'm Dalton Rusher riddle joined by... I'm Michael Adair. Alyssa Adair. And I'm Andrew Gerline. And this is not... Where we belong. No, <laughs> the wrong podcast, guys. We're in the wrong place. It's I'm not, scared. No, it's something. You guys do belong here. So uh, first, welcome back to the show. Uh, Dalton and Andrew have been on before, but for the first time, I want to welcome uh, Alyssa and Michael. I, I've told the other two last time they were on the show that you guys have my absolute favorite uh, all-time actual play podcast, and that still remains true to this day. It Aww. hasn't changed over the last few months. So uh, <laughs> Good, because the quality it, has dipped, and it, it's been noticeable for a lot of fans they've been very vocal so we the, appreciate the your quality, loyalty i don't think the quality's dip. you know i i gotta say you guys freaked the hell out of me with the jack in the box on the christmas Dude, so the fact that you too. had to record that several times to get it right oh man like, and it was different every time it was yeah yep. that's that jack in the box was definitely evil at first and then it was nice and we all got present, but we had to record that episode seven times. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Due to technical error, so gotta love technology. Yeah, it yeah. was funny. My wife and I were were riding in the car together, listening to that episode, and and like I I told the the other two last time, this is the only actual play podcast she even listens to at all. Aww. So it's you guys are like in very exclusive company. Uh, <laughs> But we're in the car and and you go in the the room with just the jack in the box and she turns to me she grabs my hand and goes are you gonna be okay because I hate clowns I freaking hate clowns I don't. and jack in the boxes especially freak me the hell out and Dalton's alone. voice was so eerie throughout that whole thing you did yeah. really it, good it Dalton. was Thanks. I really that. thought something horrible was gonna happen mm -hmm. right there and what is a jack in the box but a spring loaded clown you know yeah <laughs> like a, a clown designed to terrify you. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I'm glad so, you had the same instincts as me. I immediately yeah. saw the room and I'm like, nope, I will not enter. Yeah. Thank you. I know you were like, ah, I'm just going to stand at the door. I'm not going in there. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> so uh, what's new with the show? It's been a few months since we've talked. Can you tell me a little bit about how it's growing and the community that's found you? Yeah. So, okay. I'll spearhead this one <laughs> since no one else wants lot of, to say A lot anything. of voices here. Wow. Today, so. Okay. Okay. So since the last time we were on the show, almost doubled, if not already doubled in size by both content that we have <clears throat> produced and just listenership that we've had, uh, we're rounding up to almost 3,000 downloads across everything as of right now. Nice. We have found an incredible tabletop RPG community out there that have been nothing but supportive and kind. Robert, that includes yourself and your 
favorite show. Uh, we have big plans for the future, so we're excited to see some things roll out. Just how we announced our second bonus show that will be coming, which is Dungeon Radio After Hours, that Andrew kind of uh, had the light bulb for, which will be heavy on the role play, but more heavy on the improv. Think of it as a like, kind of sketch variety show. Uh, guys, am I forgetting awesome. anything else? No, that was so handsome. That's everything, everything that you said. I love <laughs> it. Very good. good. Very symmetrical and strong jaw and good. I love it. Good job. Thanks, very buddy. Exactly. <laughs> Appreciate that. So a- another question to the rest of you then, especially Michael and Alyssa, I haven't really talked to you before, but the process of, of using your theater background and now you've come to this podcasting medium. I know, Alyssa, you were talking on one of the recent episodes about how last year was so awesome for you and sort of getting to to do all these things that you want to do, having a D&D podcast. But can you tell me a little bit more about how it's been and how you feel about it? Since we all went to school for theater, uh, we know people who are in the business. Mike and I are the ones who still live out here in LA. Uh, so we get to actually see those people. When I first moved out here, I did kind of try my hand at it, a little bit of voice acting, a little bit of like background work. Um, and it's hard, man. It's hard to like pay the bills and also follow your dreams. So it kind of got pushed to the wayside. And I remember last year going with some friends and being like, I am itching to like do something creative again. And I also love d and I loved playing different role-playing games with my friends over the years. And I knew I really liked the voice acting just because, especially during COVID and the pandemic, it was something you could do from home pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And again, still f- feel fulfilled and get uh, scratch that creative itch. And so yeah, like when Dalton came to me with this idea, I was like, this is absolutely perfect. So I'm just so excited to not just be able to have a creative outlet again, but also to do it with my friends. Nice. I think it's it's good to have the background for the purposes of role play because we're all really used to obviously inhabiting the body of other characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily a requirement for folk to take out a large student loan and <laughs> learn like classical Shakespearean verse to play D and D, but it adds some flavor to it for for sure. We all get really <laughs> yeah. into the role, and uh, I, I will say, playing with different groups. It's fun playing with theater people because it's just mm. unabashed hamminess. Mm-hmm. And um, role play is a big part of the game for me. I don't know about everybody else, but when people are sort of shy about it and they're all about like, you know, let's min-max the character, let's beef it up, I'm all about battling, that kind of gets stale for me pretty quick. So to be in a group of people who all have this ability to turn on a different voice or even like us, we're playing in a game where we're ourselves – but mm-hmm. we're a heightened version of ourselves for sure. It's nice to be able to do that in like this safe space where everybody just lets loose and has fun. And we're just like grown children doing this basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome. When and I'm first... the same way. I, battling is actually like one of my least favorite parts of mm-hmm. TTRPGs just because it's so technical and so cold and calculated. It does give us time to like improvise cool ways to attack someone or be clever with how you defend yourself or the quips you say before you get that final punch in. Yeah. Um, but what I like the most is just the social interaction scenes. Like mm. you're with a shopkeeper and you want to talk the price down and maybe we'll spend 20 minutes just riffing with that person <laughs> because that's like a vocal dialogue. It's like a, right. or a, a, a dialogue combat. You know, you're trying to one over of each other and everything. Out. As well it should. Yeah, and it's kind of fun. As our game master, he's really good at 
responding and and mm-hmm. being in character and yes anding as we've of course talked about last time. So Dalton has a big hand in making that part a blast, you know, to do those social interactions with other characters. Oh yeah. yeah. Our theater friends are evil because in the past when we've played with our theater friends, I think Dalton and I are the ones who usually back and forth as game master. And yeah, I can talk from experience that it almost feels like they're trying to like break you of like, let's just (laughs) see how many questions you can answer. Let's throw this different thing. social like just in a social setting and you're just sitting in the back of your head going i had this whole map planned out <laughs> i sure. have this whole thing and you were just talking to the shopkeep for an hour to try to get me to break yeah <laughs> recently i had dalton play four different orphans for yeah. no reason <laughs> 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 I like this orphan bring me a different orphan yeah, I, remember, yeah, I remember that was pretty great i don't like you let's talk to the, yeah. let's talk to the next one yep. and it was a lot of fun dalton's always game i have to be if i awesome. don't the podcast goes nowhere yeah. The story <laughs> comes sure. to a screeching halt. Yeah. No, you handled it crazy awesome. well. So uh, last time we had Dungeon Radio Hour on, we talked about the value of comic relief in TTRPGs. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, Cyclothids, check it out. It was episode 30 of season one. But today we're going to be talking about improvisation and how to improve your improv skills. And this is a skill that everyone at the game table can benefit from and being comfortable improv can really increase the immersion in your tabletop setting. Much of your guys' show is based on the principles of improvisation, the concepts of yes and or yep. even no but. Can you talk a little bit about what these ideas mean, what these concepts are, and and why they're so useful in telling a collaborative story? I'll, I'll go first this time, <laughs> so it's not always on Dalton. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it. I think it's extremely important. I think every table uh, can benefit from even just taking a few classes or just googling improv games and maybe playing them with your partners because uh, learning how to read off of your partners and have that back and forth that rapport is so important. I think to building your story together because that's what this is. It it, it almost to me reminds me of certain improv games where you are building a story mm-hmm. together and you have to take what the other person has given you. And speaking also just like you said, the the yes and. I think a lot of people know of improv and they if they know anything, they know the yes and, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but something I would urge people to think about, especially more with uh, D&D, is it's not so a base, black and white, yes and. Um, you're not literally saying yes to every single thing your partner says, but more so that you're saying, I agree with the rules that you've implemented. I agree to mm-hmm. the scenario you have now put in front of me. My character may disagree, I may go a different route, but I am establishing, yes, you are doing this thing, and I'm going to build more onto the story. And keeping that in mind, you can do a lot of exploring that way with your partner. Absolutely. And the barrier entry is really low. You don't have to sign up for an improv class or anything. Like, yeah, we have like improv training and experience, but it's not like a ton. Uh, I wouldn't say like we're constantly putting on improv shows or anything. Mm -hmm. This is our outlet right now. But I think the bulk of the experience that we've had is just taking what we've learned from watching other comedians and just doing it in our group. And I I think it goes back to that sense of play that I really like about D&D. It's basically like sitting at the lunchroom with your friends and trying to make them laugh, right? That's improv. You're using the same skills. It's the same muscle that you're exercising. You're trying to one-up each other. I like the spirit of that. Anybody can do that. Just try to make your friends laugh. Do something Mm -hmm. random and silly and see if it works. And that's all it is, is throwing something against the wall and hoping that it sticks. And the more you do that, the better you get at it. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And just for those, if anyone's out there going, what's yes and? What is that word? Mm-hmm. Yes and, it's it's sort of like, well, it's the opposite of no but, right? So mm-hmm. if someone says they're going to do something or they've established, like, Mike, do you remember the other day when you got your pilot's license at a Walmart and they wouldn't give it to you? No. But, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> see, yeah, that was a bit, I don't know, that was just random. But now, yeah, yeah. see, that now that he said no but, I... I, I lost everything. I Everything I just said has been nixed by Mike. Right. Whereas if I say, Mike, when we went squirrel hunting, 2001, we were 10 years old. We were stuck in the wilderness for four days. You remember that? Of course I do. It was right after my grandpa died from, uh, what was it? That mining accident. Oh, the, the well, the mining accident. Yeah. Right. It was more or less our fault. Uh, right. Dynamite <laughs> got lit. We don't need to go over that. We don't need to rehash the past. Well, the squirrel we, hunt. we sort of do need to rehash the past. I got a jury summons, dude. And I'm pretty sure that's us being arrested, right? What's a jury summons? Listen, I, I, I treat those like parking tickets. I've gotten jury summons, too. You okay. just put them in a drawer. Yeah, over time, change your name, move to a different state. People forget, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that squirrel trip was crazy. Yeah, the squirrel trip. <laughs> Absolutely insane. <laughs> and that, that was, by the way, that was not an example of good improv. I no, it wasn't. It wasn't, you guys. But yeah. it te- it, you can evolve a conversation if you just go with what the person said, you know, just right. kind of roll with it. And I think that's what improv is. It's just, you're, if someone says they have wings, and as long as it's not insane to have wings, then they have wings, and that's fine. Right. And you just go with yeah. it. And then on uh, the reverse it's side, it's all of just that, about listening and reacting, honestly. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then on the reverse side of that, you do have no but, Robert, that you did bring up. And there are times when you play it into the story that it can bring everything to a screeching halt. But if you listen to the show, very rarely do I say no to anything that they throw at me. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, I will give them a no but because I need to shift the narrative into a specific direction so I can get them back on track. And that's another improv tool that you're not agreeing to everything they're setting in front of you, but you are taking it, acknowledging it, and then redirecting so that the story can continue in the predetermined yeah. path, which you would have for you know any type of module that you're trying to follow or any story that you're trying to follow to get to your plot point. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I was talking a little bit about the idea with some friends uh, while we were playing billiards uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I think that the no-but scenario in the role-playing setting is a little more applicable because there's so many times where you know the, the characters are looking for something or they're investigating, and, and the no can really be based on this, the check, the mm-hmm. thing that they mm-hmm. roll on the dice, right? So if they're looking around and like, oh, do I find something I can use – you might have a no based on the role, right? right. So I think that, that that's a, an applicable time, sure. more so in, in than traditional stand-up improv. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think – and one thing you I noticed you say a lot on the show that I think works really well is when a, when a character has a good idea, one of the players has a good idea, and they, they say what they're doing, you quickly follow it with – that's exactly what you do, or you say something <laughs> along those lines, mm-hmm. and and then that becomes canon. That becomes yep. part of the story, and I, I think that's really useful. Yep, um, don't make so us do any... his work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's less I have to talk, so. Right. You're like, wow, you guessed it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, what yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't have to think of that. Do you have any examples of, of times either on the show or outside of the show when when the improv was just like magical or 
or on the other side of it when it didn't go the way as planned. I know you had one intro a, a few episodes ago <laughs> that you were trying to do a one-word oh, story. Geez. You turned it into one one sentence story, and oh. that didn't work out exactly the way you planned. So here's the thing: the you all heard the edit. Yep. You, did, you didn't hear us attempt that game what seven eight times and it, it failed was a lot. miserably every yeah, it single was time lot. yeah i i cut only the better ones out which were still meh for sure they're not all gems we, we were definitely that was a, a time when we were basically bombing each other i feel like oh, just for the bit we ruined the bit for a bit you know what i mean yeah, yeah. But, and it was also like, we are going to improv now. It was very robotic, and yeah, we are playing yeah. a game. Uh, yeah, but as, I, like, in our podcast, we're already improving. That's already an improv game. Yeah, we yeah. just don't think of it like that, so it takes that pressure mm-hmm. off it, probably. Well, and that's so, it's so relevant, because I think our biggest problem with that was that we got in our heads. We're so used oh, to yeah. improving in a certain way that when we then went back to a game, we were overthinking. And that's a big rule of improv is to not overthink. You just sure. need to be confident and just go with your first instinct. Whatever came to your head, it is right. Um, you don't need to focus on always getting the right thing out. It's just something. Yeah. And that I think that example, that intro was a perfect example of us <laughs> overthinking. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, and improv is inconsistent. You know, Mm -hmm. even if you watch, like, Mm -hmm. Masters, like, there are plenty of bloopers and deleted scenes and stuff from Who's Line. That's a great example. You know, that's a universally loved show. But there's tons of stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor. Because it is just what it is in the moment. And it's not always great, right? But that's kind of the magic of it. When it really worked, it's better than anything anybody could have written. Yeah. Because it came out of spontaneity. It came out of truth, right? Yeah. 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 And so a really good one that I can think of where I felt like all of us were really clicking was the tavern scene where Mike ended up doing the the roulette game. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes. That one, and that also is such a good uh, example of comedy, of comedic improv, because Mike went in such an opposite direction. I remember just laughing so hard I couldn't talk because I fully expected him to like take a sip, go, ew, this is pee, and then just stop drinking. And he's like, no, I keep going. And I'm like, why? I have to, I have to finish it. <laughs> And turning that on its head was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you, that you. was a great moment. It had me in tears. I, I think I told uh, Dalton and Andrew, I was like taking trips back and forth between the mountains at that point. And I was like, you guys need to put a warning on your show <laughs> because, right. because you're going to make me crash. <laughs> the highest compliment. Mm-hmm. And if we yeah, can I just kill that. one of our fans, that'll be <laughs> enough for me. And it's for a good cause, you know, it's it, yeah. comedy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not happy, you though, right? Rob, I didn't like you too much. We like all of our fans. No, um, I think it's about it's about committing. I think good improv is about committing because improv doesn't it doesn't need to be funny. And certainly, sometimes the things we say aren't funny. I'm talking about myself, but I think as long as it comes from a place of truth and and good improv, mm-hmm. you're you're not only committing to the, the your impulses and the instincts you have, committing and going for those. You're also agreeing to commit to the things your partner said previously, right? Mm-hmm. If by saying yes, we did go squirrel hunting, we're, that means you are collaborating with that person to commit to what they said and they'll do the same for you. And so there's that level of trust there. And I think that's with our with our group and with any group that is improving together. You have to have that trust to yeah. commit to what each other does. And I think a good example of that and going back to Robert what you said about when was a time that you feel like you struck magic with when improv went really well. I think specifically of there was an episode when they go down into a portal at the bottom of the well. They find themselves in this mm-hmm. interdimensional space. And I'm expecting them to explore this new... 
space area that they're in. And what does Mike do? Mike kicks down a door to the first shop he sees. I which, wanted to know what was in there. Which, Somebody dared me to kick open a door. No, no I, I said, I, said <laughs> I think I made a joke like, hey, Mike, go kick, let's kick open some doors, like generically. Right. But you were like, yes, we will literally do that. Which immediately made me have to think, okay, now I need an NPC for this door that he just kicked down, um, which gave birth to, you know, Lumcheck, which eventually turned into a commercial. Mm. And Mike and I got to have this nice little rapport with that. Or when they were in the armory running from some dwarves and they asked if there was a trench coat in the armory. Of course, there's not going to be a trench coat in the armory, <laughs> but, but we're yes anding. So you know what? Yeah, let's give Mike and Andrew a trench coat and let's get, what do you call Mick Andrew the 34th or whatever his name was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something I don't know. Like we that. were really tall. That's all I remember. <laughs> yes, Mick Andrew yeah, something. Really Mick, Mick well, Andrew Biggleton or something like that. Yeah. Biggleton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think something on your show that also just kind of shows the level of improv dedication that you've put into it is, is you're not tying Dalton. You're not tying exactly to the story that you want to tell. You've given control of NPCs to Andrew and to Alyssa to, to change the story with whatever their NPCs do as well, which I think is really, really cool. It adds a whole nother level of immersion and adds, you know, more character voices that are available Mm -hmm. in NPC interactions than, than are normally around the table. And I think that's really just a great idea for dungeon masters out there. Uh, if you are struggling to find ideas, let your characters come up with, with some of them as well. It's yeah. really cool. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, I give them bullet points like, Hey, this is what your character knows. This is why it's important to the story. Other than that, go have fun with it. And I think the reason why we're able to do that is we have worked with each other for so long. There is that level of trust there. And Mike kind of brought it up in something he said earlier. We have created a safe space for one another to just be stupid. And at the end of the day, that is, I really think, the key to all of this is just be stupid. Have fun <laughs> yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a different, uh, a big aspect of our show compared to other uh, actual play, role-playing shows I listen to, is that we really lean into the silliness and we re- lean into just whatever we all come up with and just roll with it and just see where that goes. Um, we don't have as much structure as um, mm-hmm. some others. And I like that. It keeps it very interesting where Dalton has on more than one occasion just been like, well, I thought the story was going to go this other direction, but I guess I'm just going to trash that. Right. <laughs> you have to be willing to trash stuff. I remember when I, uh, Dalton and Alyssa are definitely our full-time DMs when we would play in California. I did DM maybe three times and I sort of homebrewed this whole like big, bad, evil guy character. And my first campaign, he I had planned for him to escape, right? And we would just find him again later and fight him. Somehow they trapped him, and I just, I, it was my first time DMing. I didn't really have the stats worked out, and they killed him, and they killed him quickly. And so I was like, holy shit, everything I had planned is out the door. So instead, I was like, you know what, next campaign, I'm going to tell them that that guy they killed was actually a good guy, and he was like their Nick Fury, and oh my god, you know? Um, so you have to be willing to throw out your all your good ideas and just yeah. go with what the characters have presented you yeah. to do. Well, and that's why D and or that's why improv is so important to uh, role playing games is because if you wanted to write your own story from start to finish and you have this whole idea, you should go write a book. Um, that's yeah. not what 
mm-hmm. D&D is. That's not what role playing is. It is collaborative storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so that's been probably the biggest thing for me when I was a novice game master to now is that I don't write my endings at all anymore. I never have a plan in place because I don't want to railroad anybody. I don't want to pull that creativity from my players. I'll have a world and I'll have scenarios. And then it's like, have at it because let's be honest, it would not go as I wanted anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, see, I still, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I, I still write from the backwards forwards because mm-hmm. I usually think of like a cool idea at the end. But you're right; they never go that way. Um, yeah. So even if I'll if I'll use my ending as an inspiration to start a story, the players always wreck it, or, or they come <laughs> up with something so much better. Like th- I think that's probably the biggest thing when yes. you're when you're listening around the table and those creative juices are flowing between one person and the next, and you're as a dungeon master are accepting what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They come up with some of the best ideas yep. that you'll ever hear in your life, and if you can latch onto those really oh, great yeah. ones. I think that's that's amazing. That those are the best stories. Yes, it's it's the the greatest when you hear a player go, "Oh my god, what if this is the twist ending?" And you're yeah. just taking notes off to the side, like exactly. Mm, and you're maybe. like, you know what? Absolutely. Yes, that is the twist ending that, that, that I had planned end. all along. Yep. Or or you know, if I have something that's pretty good and they have something that's a little bit better, is there a way to merge them together mm-hmm. so that their idea was kind of right and my idea was kind of right, and it's even this more elaborate, more functional thing that that fits you know better than any of us had come up with. Yes, it's all about that, just listening and reacting, just the back and forth, back and forth. Absolutely. So can you can you give us any hints about your story, about what's coming up? What's planned for the future uh, for Dungeon Radio Hour? You guys have done this really cool thing where the show is improv, but you're also putting in these really cool, um, like, produced bits, which are great, by the way. I think it's the commercials that you guys put in are one of my favorite parts. Oh, those are Andrew's babies, and I'm... And I'm always in awe every time he sends those over to me for the final edit. For, no, no, for no, the no. final I, edit. And Mike them. has done several too. And a lot of times I'll send a script out to Mike, like, I need a punch up, or Mike has a script, or Dalton sends an idea for a commercial and we'll work it together. So it's definitely a collaboration. Um, yeah. But it is fun. And that that has been the most fun for me because it's basically it, it allows us to world build in the game in a more creative way so we can have commercials for local businesses or politicians mm-hmm. that are running for office in the area and maybe we'll meet those characters later or maybe yeah. like like lum check the door got kicked in mike went up to the guy the orc there and then we had a commercial for this business he started later you know yeah. a few episodes later <laughs> yeah so it's it's fun way to world build and it it allows us to commit to the choices the other players made like dalton invented lum check and now he's a he's real and he has a life, and so it's it's been a lot of fun to put those. <laughs> and, and it also there. allows us to try something else besides improv because it ends up being more like an audio sketch, yeah. which kind mm-hmm. of plays into the radio hour thing that we're doing. Yeah. It almost becomes a variety show, which um, I you know I think is really cool, and hopefully the audience um, likes it as much as we like making it. 
because it's definitely yeah, they, fun to they're awesome. put together. I, I do think you're setting the bar pretty high for when you guys finally get some sponsors because they're going to have to come up with some pretty funny spots to be <laughs> featured on your show. Or give us full creative license. Yes, yes. Please. Right. That's, that's the way. Casper Mattress, Blue Chew, whatever. Please oh, yeah. give yep. us your money and we'll we'll make ad <laughs> we'll, spots yeah. for you. We'll write it. That's free labor. <laughs> yeah, I've already been thinking about how your guys' better help skit would go. I think it would be pretty, yeah. pretty great. <laughs> I'm going to make another sex hotline one. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. The, the, the Jeff one was great. It, oh, uh, God. I, I do have to tell you guys, like the characters you make, uh, the NPCs you've made in your story, I've stolen so many of them and thrown them <laughs> in my story. So they live on not just in your universe, but oh, now they live on so in, in my homebrew oh, world as well. That is amazing. I, I've had a Nora. Jeff is, I mean, I especially after the commercial, I was like, oh, the just the Jeff. the way we he's gonna have with the ladies. Like, I've got to have a character that <laughs> just comes on to one of my other characters oh, like yeah. that. It's the worst hey. way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about sex. <laughs> that was good. That was, good. That was pretty good. That was very good. Uh, oh yeah, I've, I'm stealing your guys' voices. Oh, yeah, I like it. Please, absolutely. If you could do them, take them. Yeah. Uh, but no, Jeff Jeff was actually Andrew's idea even before we started this podcast. Yeah. He was a character that would randomly show up in like games that Andrew DM. And we loved him so much that we found a spot for him in the podcast, which I'm so glad we could. Oh, before yeah. we even started, I remember Dalton coming to me and being like, I will work Jeff somehow. <laughs> so now, Jeff the wizard will be in this campaign. Some way, well, somehow. Yeah. And even since leaving the area he's in, you've had callbacks. You've had the you've had the uh, the sending stone or the uh-huh. the communication whatever mm-hmm. you use. So that yep. you basically had a cell phone call with him, yep. which was which was pretty awesome. And then the commercial. So I think that that's another great thing about these these little spots is it's reminding the listeners what else existed in the world. Mm-hmm. So it kind of calls them back to earlier episodes mm-hmm. and and reminds them of the story along the way, which is. Really clever. If you didn't intend that, I would pretend that you did because it's yeah, a it was, really, really smart move. It was move. all planned. 100%. Yes, perfect. We, that, yeah, that's my From the get go. Yeah, definitely, definitely, awesome. definitely planned. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to Tricks of the Trade. All right, so normally in Tricks of the Trade, I start with an idea of my own, but I've got four people here, and that's a lot of ideas. Um, I don't know if, if my listeners might get writer's cramp by the time they're done with all those ideas. So I've asked the crew from Dungeon Radio R to give us each an exercise or a tip that you can use to improve your own improv skills. So whoever wants to start first, go ahead. I was thinking about this question and trying to think of things that people can do on their own. Uh, as well as do with groups, because, you know, you don't always have people to play off of to hone these mm-hmm. skills, not all the time. So a game, two games that I thought of that you can play solo or just with one person that Mike and I do all the time just in our daily life is a singing game we do, where if you're like listening to a pop song or listening to something on the radio, we like to try to change the lyrics up. And it's just a quick yes. little improv exercise of now this is about the tacos we're making for dinner um, and, <laughs> and whatever is coming to mind. And you just start playing that. And uh, eventually you'll notice that you can get better and better at it. Mm. Mike's great at it, but I've only just now finally been able to like rhyme 
in addition to thinking up lyrics. I was like, just thinking up words was hard enough. Now, <laughs> now I'll finally rhyme them sometimes. Or another game you can play with yourself or with a, par- a partner is just when you're out about like uh, running errands and you just see something happen, see a scenario, just see a, a stranger. Uh, I like to play like a, st- like this sounds bad, the stranger game. I was like, ooh, stranger danger. <laughs> Maybe Different don't call it that. Different, Different game. Game. This podcast is not for kids, by the way. Don't play the stranger game. But start doing a who, what, when, where, why with them start building a character from scratch i see this person oh, like making are... up a story about them yeah yeah, yeah the story yeah, game a stranger story like where are they going who are they and maybe even uh going next level if you've played that enough just answering those questions building them a story the next level would be actually play them don't don't yeah. just think of the who what wins but immediately go what voice does this person have give it yep. a voice and start improving there sometimes i just do it in my head you know when you're waiting in the checkout line can be just a quick little time to to stretch those skills i i love that idea to play off that idea that's one i do at home uh, mm-hmm. i do it for my animals though like <laughs> i always, i give voices to my pets oh, all yeah. the time and yes. it's like my my best way to make my wife laugh is i'll just <laughs> you know i my dog's got a real dumb voice you know but <laughs> hey guys what are you, you know the stuff like that so, but they they each have their own personalities and and it it's a great way to do it yeah. because yeah you're like you're adding context and and story mm-hmm. and voice and mm-hmm. you're just kind of putting it all together. That's a wonderful idea. Thank you, Lita. I do. And that's great for character work, like practicing mm-hmm. character work and everything mm-hmm. too. Um, I was gonna say I do a similar thing, but I don't speak to the animals. I just speak to myself. Uh, so it's a little <laughs> crazier. The number of times Cody has walked in on me just talking to myself, but like I'll. <laughs> that's when I practice the voices and I practice the accents and I'll like latch onto a voice. I'm like, okay. Who talks like this? Where are they from? Mm-hmm. What do they do? Kind of like Alyssa was talking about when you see a stranger. Uh, but something else that I like to do is sitting down in front of the TV. This is another improv exercise you can do on your own. Uh, turning on a show that you know that you don't know and muting it and then making the conversations with yourself. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, reading their lips. What are they saying? What What are they doing? How is this impacting, you know, the story as a whole? Um, which is another fun world builder, conversation builder, social game that you can immediately put into your TTRPGs. Yeah, because if a that's character awesome. does something on screen that wasn't about what you were just talking about, you have to switch what you're saying. You have yep. to... Yeah. You have to change it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's like a whole Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. That's, I love that. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. It reminds me of that Who's Line bit where they're looking at the black and white film footage <laughs> yes. on the TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. That oh, game. Yeah. yeah, I love that game. Well, to kind of branch off of that, a lot of people, when you first start in an improv class, they'll tell you not to be funny. They, mm. They'll say, just get used to doing improv, right? Yeah. But if you are going in with the intention of being funny, you can be funny from the get-go. Don't listen to anybody. Also, break rules. That's why they're there, right? Mm. There are occasions, like we talked about so far, where, where like you can you can say no, and that can still work. Because you can say no and also add information. It doesn't yeah. have to be a roadblock. That can just be a way that you can you know move the story in a more natural way that fits your story better, right? Um, on top of that... I think that it's important to note, like, when you're doing improv, it's not a magic trick. People think that, oh, everything that improvisers do, it's right there, on the spot. It's not. We have these comedic wells that we go back to quite a bit. There are stock jokes. You know, you're thinking things three minutes ahead while the other person's talking. 
It's something that literally anybody can do. Well, it's a skill, just like anything else. You're honing mm-hmm. that muscle. You learn through experience what works, what doesn't. Yeah. And you, and like you said, then you'll kind of cr- collect this little well of knowledge. Of, Absolutely. Here's the stuff that works well. Here's what I can pull from. Right. Yeah. I mean, if that's how you continue to use your brain in these little games or at the table when you're playing D&D or any TTRPG, then you will just get better at that. And um, anybody can do it. You know, you don't have to be like a trained comedian or anything like that. Nice. I Love think it. a good a good improv exercise if you're specifically wanting to go for the comedy because a lot of comedy comes from the unexpected, right? Like the yeah. the tavern example I said it was so funny because I really didn't expect Mike to go the way he did. Um <laughs> And so that's usually a thing of turning it on its head. Uh, a game I used to love to play, so you would have to play with people, is the scene game, where you have two people go in and they start a scene. You want to be very physical with your scene. And then at some point, someone would say freeze. And now you switch. One person will switch positions with the, someone from the audience, someone who's waiting. You have to get in the same physical position the other person was in, but now make up a new scene for why you're... Mm-hmm arms are the way they are, right? right? So you could have had your arms up to like to hit a baseball bat. Um, now that's a sledgehammer. Now we're in the mines mm-hmm. and like doing something else. And it's a good way to turn things on its end. It's a good way of looking at something and saying, what else could this be? Like, mm-hmm. how can I turn this into something new? And that can really hone your skills specifically for con- comedic elements. For sure. Yeah, I remember I mean, that one. That one's a lot of fun. That one's so fun. It's a lot of fun when you're actually doing it. And the thing... Uh, that that exercises is surprising the audience because that's the nature of comedy is subverting all expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. So even when like, uh, like I also screenwrite and stuff, when you sit down to write a scene, I like to think of seven different ways that you could take the scene because the more that Mm -hmm. you can subvert those expectations, like the better the audience is going to respond to it because then they want to know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Right. So comedically, if you're in a serious situation, it's always good to have those surprises for your players. I guess in terms of tips and exercises, going off sort of what Dalton and Mike had mentioned, and I think that's important, is watching the pros. I grew up watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? It was on mm-hmm. like two nights a week on ABC. I'd watch and I'd love it, you know? And I think you have to immerse yourself with people you can watch and sort of you, you sort of absorb their maybe their methods as you're watching them. Like you might watch Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles and Wayne Brady and all them. And you can see the gears turning in their eyes. You can see what they're mm-hmm. looking at and you can kind of see the sparks come on in their head. And maybe that can give you an idea of how to inspire yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. Improv, you kind of almost have to continuously be inspired to say something. Yeah. But my main, my main exercise or whatever that I think is the most important is honestly, and this applies to everything, just warming up. I like to meditate for like a good 20 minutes. I like to stretch and like turn on loud music and jump around, get the blood pumping, take breaths and get the oxygen moving. It just, Mm. think about it. I mean, your brain impulses are all electricity. They're all firing. And so if you have oxygen and if your blood's pumping and you've kind of taken time to relax yourself, then you can get out of your own way and your body is primed and ready to kind of be in fight mode. Um, Mm. And so you need to manufacture some energy, a little cocaine, right? (laughs) Nah, fentanyl's in that. Don't do it, kids. That's bad. That's funny. In, In psychology, it's all about psilocybin right now. 
So if anything, yes. that's what we would <laughs> reckon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Expand the synapses. Walk out it's into the, the woods, grab the nearest mushroom, don't Google yeah, it, just right. pop it in your you mouth. Just... And that's it. <laughs> so well, you heard it here. Robert's going to give you just the drugs you need. <laughs> that is great. So before we sign off, let me give you the opportunity to share with the Cyclothids uh, where to connect with you on social media, where to find your podcast, anything else you guys want to share or talk about, please feel free. Yeah, so with the podcast, it is at Dungeon Radio Hour on both Instagram and TikTok. And then on our Twitter, it's Dungeon underscore Radio. Uh, you can interact with us on any three of those. And then on the podcast itself, all major platforms. And while you're out there listening to us, please give us a rating and a review. It goes a very, very long way with the show. And it helps us get this in front of more ears. And Yes, and if you forget any link, uh, we do have a link tree. It's simply linktree slash dungeon radio hour so if you're ever struggling to find us all of our links are there as well awesome and we'll put all of those links in the show notes cyclothid so you can find them just by clicking there thank you all for for coming on today i think this is the the largest the largest group i think i've had on except for my uh extravaganza but yeah, you're uh, you're obviously very comfortable with each other because you didn't uh, speak over each other. I think that was something I always worry about in a big group, but you do it well. Thank you. We usually do speak you. over each other. Alyssa, I'm talking. Please. Um, uh, no, I'm talking to you. Great. No. Excuse me. Do you see what you've done? Do you see what you've done? Robbie? Yeah. See. See. I threw down the gauntlet, and and you all tried to pick it up at the same time. That was perfect. <laughs> Everything's awesome. a setup. Another co- comedy. Everything can be a setup, right? Let's talk for 45 more minutes, Robert. Yeah. What I believe I mean, is important. I've, about <laughs> do we want to play an improv game for the listeners? Like, what you guys <laughs> God, oh God, no. We want people to Please, like your no. show. Do we want to try one sentence story again? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Go listen to the episodes. They're good. Don't, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yes, do, do check out their show. It is hilarious. Like I've said, it has had me in tears. I've stolen characters from their story, uh, voices from it is a lot of fun and it is very engaging and you will love it just as much as I do if you check it out. So make sure you do that. Once again, thank you guys for coming and thank let's head over us. to our knowledge check. Thank, thank you, Robert. You. Thank, thank you. you, Robert. For today's knowledge check, I would like to introduce you to an article written by Dr. Clay Drinko on Psychology Today's website called No Joke, Improv Comedy Reduces Social Anxiety. And the article is very interesting. It has a lot of different aspects to it. But one of the most interesting parts about it is it talks about a new study that shows how improv can be as be used as a social emotional tool. The study required participants to take a 10-week uh, improvisation course. And before and after that course, their levels of depression and social anxiety were measured. And the findings were that at the end of that 10-week course, the people involved felt much more comfortable in social scenarios, uh, less depression, and overall a greater sense of well-being. So I think it's just important to realize that this skill that we are practicing at the table, this thing that we have all been doing together as a group, as I've talked about many times before on the show, is a wonderful tool in helping to alleviate some of those uh, symptoms of depression and anxiety to learn how to communicate better and feel more comfortable in social situations. Now, of course, if you are actually feeling very high levels of depression or anxiety, 
your answer isn't to just role play in your games, but I do believe that they help. I believe that they help me. Um, but of course, obviously, if this is something that is that is stronger and and you really need to see something for, don't ever hesitate to to go speak with somebody and find the root of your problems. But I will always advocate that as you continue to play role playing games, you will have you know benefits in your mental health and in your day to day life. So that is all for today, my cyclists. As always, please give us a rating or review on iTunes or uh, Spotify. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Dungeons underscore Dragons underscore Psychology, and we have a link to our link tree there that can get you to everything else. And until next time, we will see you next session.